Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Scott White, who's CEO at the FMG Suite family of companies. Scott joined FMG Suite in 2015 and has been really a key player from day one. Scott is a roll-up-your-sleeves leader, and for an ops-heavy person like me, he's an inspiration. For example, when FMG implemented Salesforce in 2016, Scott was the lead programmer. And to this day, I'd match Scott's Salesforce knowledge with anyone. In today's Christmas Carol podcast, we talk about FMG past, FMG present, and FMG future. Scott takes us through the decisions that changed the trajectory of FMG Suite over the years. He gives us insight into FMG's overall acquisition strategy, and he finishes the podcast with insights about the pandemic and the financial services industry. Scott will tell you what changes he believes will stick and what changes are likely to trend back to pre-pandemic levels. Market in Motion podcast. Spread the word. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Today, I'm excited to be joined by FMG Suites, Scott White. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Mike. Uh, Normally, at this point, I have the guests do a two-minute intro about themselves and their background, but today, we're going to do things a little different. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Scott. Uh, Scott joined FMG Suite as Chief Operating Officer. He joined the privately held FMG suite when we were starting to draw a lot of interest from private equity investors. He took over the role of CEO in 2017 and has really never looked back. Uh, Scott has led FMG suite through an extraordinary period of growth, both organic growth and through a series of acquisitions. Uh, When Scott took over, uh, well, as he came on as chief operating officer, he led FMG through the acquisition by a private equity firm, K1 Investment Management, and then by Aurora Capital in June of this year. Scott is an amazing leader uh, and a terrific person. He was my boss for quite some time, but I want to tell you a story about Scott that will let you really know the type of person he is. Uh, When Scott joined FMG Suite, one of his first tasks as chief operating officer was to upgrade the CRM, the CRM we had at that point, to Salesforce. Now, that was no small task, as anybody who's worked for Salesforce can tell you. And where we were, and and we were putting it in, there was very very little budget for implementation. We were in startup mode, so we kind of got Salesforce, and uh, we we kind of tried to figure it out. So uh, Scott started programming, and he programmed, and he went on vacation with the family, and he was programming. And one day while on vacation, Scott called me and said he made a huge breakthrough programming Salesforce. He had figured out how to set up workflows. Well, as it turned out, Scott was programming every night in the hotel bathroom while his family slept. And all I remember thinking is, all right, we've got a player. Scott is that roll-up-your-sleeve type of boss who brings it every day. So, Scott, I have to remember, do you remember those early days of programming I Salesforce? I certainly remember Salesforce. I don't necessarily remember that particular experience, but if you say it happened, uh, those were good days working with you, Mike. Oh, those were fun. I, I, I remember, remember it like it was yesterday. I said, Scott, how did you come to that? You said, oh, I was programming last night. <laughs> Where were you at programming? In the bathroom. 
Uh, so, so let that be a look yeah. for you entrepreneurs out there. You can program in the bathroom while you're on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a huge uh, Salesforce uh, fanatic. Love, love Salesforce. Love all that it can do for a business. And uh, and yeah, those were those were fun days setting it up. To be sure, those 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 boy, we figured out there was a. The, I remember when we came to the understanding that there was a Boolean factor in Salesforce. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be. It, honestly, it's so flexible. Uh, and can be programmed to do just about anything in the business, uh, and except for answer phones or <laughs> customers. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it, it it can automate everything in a business, all the workflows in the business. We certainly love it for what it can do. Okay, so it's Christmas time, it's holiday time. So we're going to model this uh, podcast after a Christmas Carol. Uh, we're going to take a look at FMG past, FMG present, and FMG future. All right, you ready, Scott? Sounds good. I'm scared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> Am, right, I screwed? Am I screwed in this story? Is that, is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> well, we're, all right. So we're going to go FMG past. And I, all right. So I'm a big Harvard Business School case person. I read them throughout undergraduate, graduate studies, as I'm sure many of our listeners have. Uh, most Harvard cases show a company at an inflection point where they need to make a decision and that decision will change the trajectory trajectory of the company's future. Management is really faced with a go left or a go right choice, and both may be right, but the company really needs to pick one. Uh, so, Scott, looking back at FMG past, as you look back on your ten tenure, what are two or three of the key decisions that really changed FMG's trajectory? Gosh, I got to say, it feels like we have an inflection point daily here. <laughs> um, I've got to pick out two or three. Um, the the ones that come to mind, it, it's funny, CRM is super top of mind. That was really pivotal pivotal for us. Um, we, uh, we, we had a business that was working out of Google Sheets uh, and things were getting passed off through spreadsheets. And when we implemented a CRM and we automated all of that, it really changed everything and allowed us to scale. So I'd say that's that's one. Uh, number two, I'd say the acquisitions have been a big deal for us. Um, we we were faced with a choice as to whether to go the pr private equity route, which would mean acquisitions, growth by acquisition, in addition to the organic growth. Um, or to continue to scale the business uh, the way that we had um, with uh, Founder Bootstrap. And we decided to go the private equity route, and that's, uh, that's made a huge difference for this business. We've had the opportunity to partner up with some really amazing companies, and that's uh, changed the whole, whole nature of what we do and what we've been able to provide for customers. I'd say three. Um, the third one that's been a big deal for us, um, let, let's go back two years, and we, we were scaling the company. We were probably about 100, 120 headcount at, at, at that point, and, um, and, and it had become, come to a point where it felt like all major decisions were being routed through the C-team. And we recognized that we were slowing down the growth of the company as a result of that. We were holding the business back. And at that point, we implemented, uh, we, we implemented uh, two management philosophies. We kind of synchronized them. Uh, one comes from uh, the book, um, uh, um, The Advantage by Pat Lencioni. And the other is Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. 
we took kind of uh, the applicable principles from both of those books and, and we managed to really empower the business um, with a sense of purpose. Um, we defined core values and then we started to really define um, our strategic priorities for every level of the organization, especially for that vice president level. And we empowered them to make decisions for the business. So that really changed everything for us um, and, and really made the employees a lot happier. And we recognize that as long as we've got employee ha happy employees, we'll have happy customers and that'll make all the difference for the business. So there's, there's three right there. Ah, perfect. Well, you know, I want to, I want to pop back to the first one, talk about Salesforce and that automation. Um, you know, our, our, many of our listeners uh, work with, uh, some of them I still, I'm sure, work with Excel spreadsheets for their CRM and some work with other uh, CRM tools. What can you tell them about working with Salesforce and the importance of really using a CRM to, to guide and uh, structure their business around? I'm glad you asked that. I kind of figured you were going to go that direction. That's why I even use CRM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, be, to be honest, um, really... Um, so much value to be had from automation inside a business in the back office. I do know that many of our advisors um, that are on our platform um, have chosen um, to automate their digital marketing, but have not chosen to automate many of those workflows um, because they have not implemented, say, a Redtail or a Salesforce. And I would just highly, highly recommend each of those advisors that uh, to to implement CRM and to spend the time up front like I did uh, and uh, define define your workflows of the business currently start there uh, define document them out um, in, in terms of the steps it takes to say onboard a client right um, or or, or um, to uh, to set up to prepare for a client to to regulate client meetings and those kinds of things, and then and then and then take a look and analyze. Okay, if I had that in the CRM automated in the CRM, what does that workflow look like now? And then bake that workflow into your CRM, and you won't you won't regret that investment. No, and then the um, uh, the uh, one of the things that I've always been impressed with Salesforce is we implement those workflows, and then the data we can get back the, oh, how, the how that can drive the business. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, that's the, the the sort of benefit, big benefit on top of just streamlining everything that happens. Now, what Salesforce will do for you, and what the other CRMs do, is is you can grab data out of that and start to visualize it and make some really key decisions um, uh, around um, how you do things, around how making the business uh, more efficient, taking costs out of the business um, as a result of having that data. So that's a great, great point, Mike. Gotcha. All right, um, before, we leave, before we go to uh, FMG Present, I wanna make sure everybody gets the name of those two books, uh, The Advantage and Scaling Up. What, what did yeah, I get those? The, Advantage, uh, the Advantage by Pat Lencioni, another one that Pat has written is called Five Dysfunctions of the Team. That one is awesome uh, as well. I think every financial advisor should read that that's got staff. Uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team is uh, have some amazing principles around leading, leading a team. Um, but then the advantage really helps you define, okay, how am I gonna manage this company? 
and what are the principles around managing the company um, that are that are really uh, key points and uh, and 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 define your meeting cadences and things like that and scaling up does that as well but I, I think for this audience probably scaling up is a little less applicable as uh, Pat's work the advantage as well as five dysfunction really. gotcha okay all right good good tip people got the got the reading assignments for the the the, the, the holiday time. Uh, all right, so let's go to let's go to FMG present. Uh, let's talk about a few different ideas here. Uh, the first one I want to touch on is Aurora Capital purchased FMG Suite from K1 in June. And in June, not, not that long ago, the pandemic was really in full swing, and no deals were getting done on Wall Street. If you uh, search, look in FactSet Research or any of the other uh, providers, you can see that deals just stopped April, May, and June. But FMG. Uh, K, uh, Aurora Capital purchased FMG. What did uh, what did Aurora Capital see in FMG to make such a strong investment at that time, Scott? So we actually started the sale process back in September of 2019. At which point we hired uh, Lincoln um, International as our investment bank, outside banker, and we started to find the business and get it into the um, into the pitch deck and all of that. And uh, we signed NDAs with, I think it eventually got to 101 private equity funds. Holy cow. Signed NDAs to get our pitch deck. Um, and uh, and it, I'll never forget, third week of March, um, everything is just, uh, it feels like it's falling around, uh, falling down around us. And me and my wife managed to get the last vacation I think anybody took prior <laughs> to the pandemic. We, we were driving into Palm Springs. We just took a quick birthday. Our birthdays are both in March. And we drove into Palm Springs. Uh, we're driving to Palm Springs and, and Taylor Bopain, uh, the managing partner of K1, who I work really closely with, gave me a call and he said, Scott, the market is tanked. Uh, and the debt markets, you know, which of course are used to, to fund, uh, big PE, PE deals like this, uh, those, those are tanking and, uh, there's not really going to be a lot of debt available. What, what do you, what do you want to do here? I mean, do we just put this whole thing on pause? And, you know, we, we decided that, um, that we'd done so much work up to that point that, uh, and, and. And, and that there's were some interesting dynamics going on that we were starting to see in the business that I'll get to in a second, that it probably made sense to just see how this thing plays out. Well, how it ultimately ended up playing out was um, uh, advisors, financial advisors realized in their business overnight just how business critical it was to um, have a digital marketing strategy. Uh, they recognize that, hey, I, I can't meet with my clients. I'm not going to client events uh, and and um, I, I'm not I'm not able to network the way that I used to. I need to be active on social. I need to be touching my clients regularly over email. I need to have a beautiful website with strong branding. And our and our business just took off. We actually doubled overnight in, in, in April. We doubled what we typically would sell in a month and that continued forward uh, through May, June, July. Um, and as we saw it, financial advisors realize just how critical it was to have a digital, a strong digital marketing presence. So, so that's how the deal got done. I mean, um, you know, Aurora and the others that were in the, in the process recognized just how things had changed fundamentally in a, in a very positive way for digital marketing. Now I hate telling that story simply because 
Um, obviously, the pandemic, as, as so many have suffered through that time, uh, and um, but but you know, you ask the question. Uh, it's it's really unbelievable we were able to get that deal done at the time. Um, but that that really fueled it was the fact that digital marketing becomes so business critical. Yeah, and if you, you see firms that uh, are connected to that, one of the firms that you and I talk about quite a bit, HubSpot. HubSpot has uh, has really seen its business accelerate uh, quite a bit in recent in uh, the past couple of quarters, and um, they're very much modeled. the The model they have is very similar to uh, what FMG Suite family of companies do. Right. I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, at this time, you got to be active on social. You got to be posting to social media. It's not a it's not a, uh, it's not a choice right. <laughs> anymore. Right. And, and if your clients don't hear from you during a pandemic, if they're not getting emails from you pretty regularly, um, not just general newsletters, but, you know, timely content like, Hey, market went down by a lot today. Um, here's, here's what it means. Um, or, um, uh, you know, on other topics that, that matter, uh, it, it, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go to somebody who is talking to them. So, right. so yeah, it's yep. uh, it's been a, a banner year. Well, it's been just incredibly difficult across the board in so many places. It certainly has been a banner year for digital marketing companies. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, the timely content. That uh, certainly talking about the election. That was one of our most uh, most actively used timely content to help uh, reps talk about the election while that process was going on. That. Uh, right. That Not was to mention the election. Yep, got it, got it. Yeah, that's it. Um, all right, so I want to I want to jump over to uh, FMG recently purchased uh, twenty over ten, as I'm sure many of our listeners know. Uh, I wanted to ask about how that buyout fits in FMG's overall acquisition strategy of the recent years. Yeah, we're just looking for great tools uh, and services for our advisors. So the last couple acquisitions were really content focused. Um, so for example, Marketing Pro and Platinum. Right. Uh, right. Marketing Pro, huge content library at Marketing Pro, um, and as well as print. Uh, that's what drove that. Platinum, um, great. Uh, they, they, they create really high quality um, content around state of the markets. Um, as well as around client events, um, and then and then just provide a phenomenal marketing coaching strategy type of service, and so that's that really drove that. So really around services and content, um, what we saw in twenty over ten is just a stellar website editing platform. First and foremost, uh, we love what they're doing with inline editing. Um, it's certainly, you know, their, their approach has, um, you know, some great positives. Um, there's also some very real limitations in that inline editing approach that sectional editing solves for the, the FMG suite approach. So we just are excited to bring the two teams together to work on a brand new platform that would combine all the benefits of inline editing. Um, with all of the benefits of sectional editing and leave behind uh, the limitations of, of, uh, of just those both strategies as standalone. Uh, so that that really drove that vision, that product vision is it drove the 20 over 10 acquisition in a major way. At the end of the day, it's all about the customer and providing the customer with some just really amazing tools. Um, 20 over 10 had also just recently launched Lead Pilot. 
which is a lead generating platform um, and uh, that we're really impressed with and is really taking off and getting a lot of recognition in the space. Uh, similarly there, um, we see uh, some great synergies between that platform as well as our marketing platform. And we certainly are looking forward to a time to bring those uh, together as well. Yeah, the, from the from the what I've seen of twenty over ten, that really is a, a very powerful inline editor. Uh, that uh, uh, FMG Suites tool is awesome, but that one is just amazing to watch work. So that it, yeah, it's really simple, really simple to use. Um, for those that are twenty over ten clients, I know their concern is that hey, um, uh, my th their biggest fear is that everybody's going to have a website that looks like theirs. Uh, and also that now everybody's going to have the great content that they've uh, had access to. Um, I would, speaking to that, um, we certainly recognize the need to have different content libraries as well as different, um, different looking websites out there. So I just want to assure everyone that we're going to continue a strategy where different parts of our customer base have access to different kinds of content so that folks are able to maintain differentiated marketing strategies out there in the space while still being able to have all the uh, benefits of, of, of prospecting and executing on digital marketing strategies. Yeah, the uh, the 20 over 10 content certainly slants a little more towards RIAs, whereas the FMG is much more on the broker-dealer side. So there's right. a, whole, a whole different regulatory set that uh, goes along with that stuff. That's right. You would know for I would, I would. I would know. I would know being a captain compliance. Um, right. Okay. The last question here on FMG present. We uh, FMG recently added a, a new chief sales officer and a new chief marketing officer, uh, Patty and Rob. Um, can you tell us a little bit about their backgrounds and what role they're going to play in FMG? Yeah, so Patty was um, at Intuit, uh, which many obviously will recognize as the maker of TurboTax as well as Quicken. And uh, she was there selling to marketing to CPAs. Um, so she understands the service professional and understands what a digital marketing and uh, SaaS platforms like ours can do for a digital, for a service professional like a financial advisor, like an insurance agency, sure. like a CPA. Um, so we're just delighted to have her and all of her marketing prowess and expertise, obviously, into it is pretty good at marketing. Pretty uh, good. They do a great job out there. So we're delighted to have landed Patty. Um, Rob comes from us from the legal industry, actually, our chief sales officer. He worked for a company called Mitratech. And um, and again, there you go with a service professional like an attorney. Uh, that's my background. I, I was uh, an attorney prior to coming to uh, FMG Suites. And uh, as such, certainly understands the dynamics of running a business uh, at the same time of trying to be a marketer and not having professional marketing on staff. So so he gets the value prop for FMG Suites um, and and he'll he'll help us. Um, when we do uh, start to provide uh, tool sets to the uh, legal industry here in the next one to two years. Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. You can see how adding those, um, adding, adding those positions helps us with our current markets and also enable, will enable us to expand out to markets where we'll have people on staff that will understand the sensitivities of those individual markets. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how how different a financial advisor's life is from that of a 
insurance agency or a lawyer or a real estate agent. But at the same time, uh, there are so many things uh, that they have in common, so many of the same challenges, right? Um, hard to find the time to do any marketing. And, and when you do have the time, it's really hard to find good content um, and as well as tools that are intuitive and easy to use. Um, so those, those are our value props. That's what we're solving for. Uh, and certainly uh, lawyers and, uh, and uh, CPAs and insurance agencies and financial advisors have all of those in common. Right, right. Okay, we're going to go over to the Christmas future questions. Okay, uh, <laughs> the pandemic changed everything, uh, and the financial services industry has seen some massive changes, changes that uh, uh, I don't think anyone could have ever even in their wildest dreams envisioned because, well, the financial services industry being so regulated that it moves very slowly and yet it's had to move so quickly uh, in uh, 2020. It's it really is truly amazing to me. Um, early on when the pandemic started, there was a lot of pressure on prof professionals to keep in touch with clients. But now that that we've we're kind of out of that how do you keep in touch how do you make the zoom call it's now that the pressure is really shifting on these uh the uh, professionals to learn how to prospect uh online and how to how to expand that so scott the question at the, the, that i want to ask is what marketing changes really do you see sticking over going forward and do you see any falling back once uh once you know the uh, the vaccine gets rolled out and there's a certain confidence in um, just in social interactions again. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned previously, the pandemic did change so much about marketing and about financial advisors' approach to marketing. Uh, things that we've just loved to see is more and more advisors being willing to do webinars and podcasts like this one, right? Um, that is such a great change, such a great way to, at scale, build relationships with your clients as well as with your prospects uh, and, and referral sources for that matter. Sure. So, right. uh, so, so we see that continuing forward. Um, alongside a willingness to meet with clients over Zoom. Um, I think that that is probably um, here to stay in terms of convenience. It's more a back office convenience, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's uh, important to note as well. Um, we, we have seen um, on the FMG suite side of the business, we have seen um, a, a greater use of pay-per-click advertising uh, as well as SEO, Interesting. Uh, that, that part of our business has taken off, uh, and, and, and we're generating conver new conversations for advisors through those channels. And we think that will, that's here to stay as well. Um, that is a staple for lead generation for almost every other industry out there, right? Every other company out there. Uh, and financial advisors are, are uh, coming on to that. I mean, lawyers have realized that, you know, you think about your crim law attorneys out there, the family law attorneys and all of that, they've realized how important being found on search uh, uh, was. They realized that a, a while back. Financial advisors is just so um, less transactional and more just right. so more relationship oriented um, that it wouldn't be intuitive necessarily that an advisor would be able to find uh, would be able to um, have much success online. 
Um, but but it's out there. Um, it's uh, it's definitely something that we see advisors are uh, more and more uh, willing to do. Yeah, they they want to start those conversations online. Right, exactly. Um, the next uh, you you had asked, what do we see coming back? Right, what do we see coming back? Client events are just so big, uh, so important. We do see those coming back in person client events. Um, every uh, our our event tool sets, uh, for instance, all, all of the promotions there, uh, whether it be a social post, email, print, invite, all say bring a friend at the bottom of them. <laughs> right, such, right. Such a great way to grow your business is uh, is to uh, invite your clients to spend some time with you around some type of event and uh, to ask the, invite them to bring friends. Uh, that's, that's a great way. Strengthen your relationship with your clients and at the same time, meet people who are just like them. Right. <laughs> if you like your clients, you're going to like your clients' friends too, most right. likely. Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, at, at some point when, uh, when, when people feel more comfortable with that, those, uh, we'll start to see a pickup in those because really FMG is really in a, in a real catbird seat. We get to see what advisors are doing, what tools they use, what products they buy. Um, what's, what tools, Scott, do you think are more important now? And what, and what products will FMG be introducing in, uh, in the next year? I, I, I've heard, uh, quite a bit of talk now about the app maybe coming back. So email is critical. Um, that's table stakes uh, for those that aren't sending out emails to keep in touch and engage with clients and prospects. Uh, they're going to more and more fall behind. Um, so email is critical. Um, having the content that's engaging and interesting to put through email is, is, is critical. And that's where the mobile app comes in. Um, mm -hmm. So we used to have a mobile app, as you know, Mike, uh, you were head of customer support and supported it. Uh, your team did a great job uh, supporting that mobile app that advisors could um, load up into the app store. We'd load up into the Apple app store and the Android and the Android um, uh, store as well. Um, it was a pretty templated app, just to be honest. Uh, it was more uh, it was more about uh, being able to put that, uh, you know, Apple store or uh, Android store icon on your website and you look bigger than you are than anything else, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. It wasn't really practical. So we, we moved away from it. Um, even though people really liked it, um, Apple gave us a hard time on it. And, and eventually we said, you know what, let's, um, let's not do this until we can do it right. So um, we are, we will eventually move back to that. But but the interim step here is we're actually launching an app for advisors to use in their digital marketing. And so the use case there is I mentioned email. Um, our email usage has uh, at least during the height of the pandemic, go back you know April May timeframe. Um, our emails went up six x advisors knew the importance of staying in close contact with their clients. And it's still about double what it was pre-pandemic. So advisors are using more and more, we're posting timely content, as you mentioned, uh, Mike, uh, things about the election, um, the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the thing about it is, is timely content isn't automated for the most part, right? We have our video commentary, we have our newsletter that's all automated and advisors don't have to do anything. It just goes out. But 
there's other emails that we draft, social media posts that we draft that an advisor has to go into the log into the desktop and post it or, or uh, share it out over email. We want to make that easier. We want them to be able to do that. Go into the mobile app and uh, with one or two clicks, uh, send that out. Um, so that's going to be a big deal. We're, we're excited about that. The next iteration of it will be to bring in our curator tool set into the mobile app. Um, curator is um, our AI engine that goes out to thousands of sources on the web, um, uh, inclusive of Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Barron's, Gulf Digest, et cetera, and brings articles that are relevant to that advisor's brand and, um, and learns what the advisor likes to post, what the advisor's in, um, audience likes to engage in, and adjusts those uh, content recommendations over time so that the advisor can have a really authentic brand building social media presence. And we what we recognize the big limitation there is an advisor has to get on their desktop, they have to log into FMG Suite, and they they can spend an hour just scheduling it out and all of that. But what how much easier would it be? You know, you mentioned programming while I was in the bathroom, Mike, uh, <laughs> the podcast, uh, you know, you whip out your, your, uh, your phone when you have a few minutes and you log into the FMG suites, uh, mobile app and you scroll through the recommended articles. And with one click, you're able to post out. And of course it routes through compliance and all of that. Um, that's the experience we're going for. We want to make it as easy as possible for advisors to share the timely content over email and social and to share the uh, curated uh their curated content over social and email as well yeah and i think it's really um you know it's it's a it, it, it's a testament really to how advisors work i mean they, they the people uh, how many searches are really done on desktops anymore versus just on on mobile devices so having that in their hands at a mobile device is going to be the right product at the right time exactly yeah we're we're so excited about this uh we think this will be a real uh, game changer. Awesome. Scott, thanks for taking time out today. Uh, appreciate it. Really uh, wanted to get, uh, we wanted to get this podcast in by the end of the year because we wanted to get a, a recap of where we've been and where we're going. So thanks for sharing your insights with the listeners. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on today, Mike. And as always, so great to catch up with you. Awesome. All right. Talk to you soon. Over and out. Over and out. <laughs> Over and out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.